You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McClendon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Jim, Buckos win 6-4 to four in Atlanta. How's it going? Going good. Um, it was a good game tonight. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was fun to watch. Nice to see them get back on track. It really was. I mean, this just goes to show what we've been talking about here. I mean, we know this Pirates team is going to be pretty bad this year. They'll be definitely battling that number one overall spot, right, for the, the top draft pick. But... They have some entertainment value, and tonight was one of those nights. I mean, to top it off, first off, I mean, Adam Frazier just continues to pummel National League hitting pitchers. Sorry. Four more hits tonight. Jacob Stallings shows that he's the man. He's legit. He shows why your your argument of why the Pirates should keep him. There you go. Yeah. But uh, this is a good night. This is overall pretty good. No. Will Crow did his thing tonight. I felt. Well, yeah. I mean, let's let's actually talk about Crow because he started off and he did not look good, right? I mean, first inning, well, second inning, he gave up three runs, so early deficit. Uh, but then he came out after that and looked real strong. I think it was the was it the fourth inning? I think it was the fourth where he. he you know, he had runners on second and third, so he got into a little bit of a jam, got out of it. Yes. Um, kept the Pirates in the game. Walked, um, then, walked Acuna to face Freeman, yeah. which again, like, yep. I joked in the Bigger. tweet there, but it's like, who <laughs> yeah. do you want to face? And we'd rather face Acuna or Freeman. I mean, pick your poison. Right. Yeah, exactly. Two strong ones. Um, I and mean, you walk Acuna, face Freeman, and he struck him out. Yeah, it worked out. And then the Pirates tie it up in the sixth. Uh, and then he gives up that homer to Dansby Swanson, and that, that kind of ended his night. But uh, overall, I thought, you know, I mean, if you look at the line, four runs and in five innings, you know, doesn't look all that great. But uh, I thought he looked just fine out there. He, he kept the team in it. I thought for a little bit there, this was going to derail on them, you know, once we got down there in the second inning. But, you know, he uh, after after giving up those three runs, he went zero, zero, zero and uh, allowed the team to get back into it. Yes. Yes. This is I mean, I've been saying not all along for sure. But once Crow started flashing 97 on the gun is when I started getting intrigued. And I just feel I still am. Like, even though tonight you said the line. And there's going to be a point, obviously, where you got to respect the line. But it's so early in the season. You can't just look and say, yeah. well, he's got a 491 ERA. This guy sucks. I'm still not at that point. Uh, I'm not saying – I don't look at him saying there's a lot of – there's a ton of upside. And Will Crow could be a really, really effective pitcher. But I'm definitely intrigued to find out what Will Crow will be. And today, like you said, when you look at this stat line, you see the four earned runs in five innings. 
you know, right now you look at it and say, well, that's Will Crow. Wasn't expecting much. But when you look at the game, really that home run to Contreras that he gave up to make it 3 nothing. you know, obviously that was a bad pitch. That hurt. But the two hits mm-hmm. to get those, you know, the three runs, right? The two hits to get the guys on base before him weren't all that bad. And, you know, he was striking out. He was hitting 96 again today. Um, again, I mean, he isn't here to shut down offenses. You know, if he's going to be in this rotation right now, he's the f- number five starter. He's there to keep you in the game, get you innings. And that's what he did today as well. You know, add seven strikeouts to the five innings pitched. It overall was like, yeah, it's it's a mess start. But for Will Crow, I'm, I'm still intrigued by this guy. Yeah, I mean, again, it wasn't it wasn't a terrible start. It wasn't a great start, but it was it was enough to keep the Pirates in the game. Uh, he went five innings. He, you know, it looked like he was going to go longer until that home run, but uh, no, it was it was it was okay. Like he was okay, um, mm-hmm. and, and so it, it's one of those things where, yeah, he, he was fine. <laughs> There's not, not really another way to put it. There's not really another way to put it. I mean, he he did the job. He kept the Pirates in the game. Yeah, at some point, you know, in order to be an effective starting pitcher, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, we're talking about box scores. Like the box scores are going to have to start looking good. But again, he, it's early in his career. This was his fifth start of the season. He hasn't been terrible at all throughout the year. Like he's been just normal. Um, so uh, yeah, he's. He's outperformed expectations but, as, as far I say, as I'm concerned. Right, yeah. Jim. I mean, think about this, though. We're talking about that. And, I mean, for Will Crow, that's everything you wanted from him this year. You know, if he was even yeah. going to be in this rotation this year, you would hope to just expect that he's just going to be fine. You know, that is beating yeah. expectations, him being a fine pitcher. So I'll take that. You are correct. I mean, there's nothing that excites me about Will Crow so far. You know, there hasn't been – he hasn't looked really good. but to the same point, he has not looked terrible, and that speaks for Will Crow right now. Like he has not looked terrible. Yeah, that's actually a good thing. You know, I'll take that. And again, that is why he does leave me intrigued. He, I, I almost was just writing him off. I mean, from the day of the trade, when we came on here on what Christmas Eve and talked about the trade from Josh yeah. Bell, you know, we all were just like, eh, you know, Will Crow. He'll probably end up being a bullpen arm. He might still be that. You know, yeah. like I, I talked in ty- to Tyler last week, I feel I was like, honestly, nothing against Will Crow. But if te- this team is going to be good, Will Crow better be in the bullpen. No, I uh, I agree with that. Like, I think I think Will Crow has the capability to be a number five starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, ideally, you know, on a, on a good team, he is a reliever. But but like I said, I, I think. I think you let him start until he shows you he can't do it. Um, or you have five guys who are better than him. And right now they don't. I mean, right now, I, right now he belongs in the rotation. He might be um, the third based best off starter. Of what he's done. <laughs> yeah. Based off what he's done, he belongs in the rotation. Yeah. And I'm all for it. I'm all mm-hmm. for it. Uh, so, like, again, talking about the velocity, it seems it's going up and down all year. Uh, today it was definitely hitting 96 again, close to 97. You know, it was tailing off as the game was going on. Uh, but again, just some some keynotes. Like I, I there's those things I want to see from Will Craig. I want to understand what is Will Craig, Will Crow, and uh, and again, like he's he's hitting more of 96 than just sitting at 92, 93. Like you know, he was touted to be coming into the season. 
So, yeah, all positive stuff. Average average fastball was 94 and a half max. You know, he hit 97 at one point. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, stuff's there. So, Will Crow, uh, again, he, he gets through the game. The Pirates actually put up a little bit of offense. So, they're staying with the Braves the whole time, facing Drew Smiley. My God. I mean, Jim, Adam Frazier, we want to talk about exceeding expectations. Even me, like even Norris or not, you want to consider Norris or not and Adam Frazier. Like even for me, I, I would not have ever assumed that on May 20th, right, close to 200 plate appearances into this season, he would be hitting 339. Yeah, I mean, North Shore 9 is basically an Adam Frazier stand account, I feel like. Um, <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, he went four for five today, and especially like the end of the game, like when they when they needed him, he was there with his singles. You know, <laughs> he just kept in singles. And uh, that's, that's really all they needed at that point. And uh, yeah, four for five. He had a big hit in the 10th uh, in inning. That mm-hmm. it didn't necessarily drive in a run, I don't think, but it um, moved. Uh, it moved, moved the run, moved them. Yeah, moved them to third. So, um, yeah, no, it, I, I don't. I don't know what else we can really say about Adam Fraser at this point. Like he is just he's he's just locked in. He is he's one of the best singles hitters in baseball right now. Like that's a legit thing that I feel confident saying. <laughs> Um, out of my mouth like he is one of the better um, contact hitters in Major League Baseball right now he's now like I said he's now hitting 339 on base percentage is now over 400 yeah he's slugging 474 he actually leads the team in slugging he, he's now I mean he should be the you know, he should be in the three hole yeah <laughs> yeah he he's doing it all and and uh yeah it's good to see again like I He's a he's a very valuable trade chip for this team. I don't think there's any reason to keep him on this club past July, yeah, right? Um, and he's doing everything you want to see a valuable trade chip do. So that's that's good. And it, it just keeps going. I mean, we we joke about it. You even joked about it now, but like he has truly brought out this skill, you know. And again, he showed it tonight. I mean, he I don't know how he does it. even the double he had tonight. Like it wasn't like he. You say he leads in slugging. He's not just powering his way to a 474 slugging. He's doing it with like, he's at like a 4%, like the 4% exit velocity. Like like everything is, we talk about how like you're excited for, like last year, Eric Gonzalez, right? You're like, his stat stat cast page is all red. You know, like this is exciting stuff. You know, we talk about the stat cast page and you say everything's red. That's good. When you look at Adam Frazier, most of the stuff is ice cold blue. It's <laughs> like if, if you were to look pages. at his page, you would think this guy's a 170 hitter. How's he even in the majors? And it's just like he has just perfected his hitting where he just doesn't hit it hard enough to just fall where it needs to fall and him to get on base. Yeah, I mean, he's in the fifth percentile in Major League Baseball in exit velocity, two percentile in hard hit percentage, second percentile in barrel percentage, so and 34th percentile in expected slugging. So he's, yeah, I mean, looking at this page, he's all blue. 
<laughs> there's <laughs> his 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 contact rate's nice, right? Uh, he doesn't he doesn't miss, he doesn't strike out. So those are those are looking good. But yeah, it's insane that uh, that a hitter with this type of um, of rankings, like in, in, in these in these underlying statistics, is uh, is as elite as a uh, hitter as he is right now, and, and that, that's what he is. I mean, he leads baseball in hits. He does. He's the hits leader. He overtook it tonight. Um, I think where are we at here? So I believe. I'm just saying words now. Who? Oh yeah, Bogarts. Bogarts had one hit, so I think he's at 56. Frazier had four, so now is at 58. So he has two hits more than second place uh, Xander Bogarts. So there's that, and that's like another thing too. Like, I mean, the 339 batting average. I wouldn't be saying even for the guy that can hit, David. You know, I want to be out here saying that. Oh yeah, May 20th, Adam Frazier leading leading the majors in hits. Yeah, sure, of course. The way he runs created plus now up to 144. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, I don't know how he's doing it, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Well, I know how he's doing it. I just don't know how he's executing it so precisely. Yeah. That's just the it's, thing. It's, it just it, it's it baffles everybody, and especially this day and age of baseball. I don't understand it. I'm baffled, but I'll take it. And the thing is, too, yeah. like this is this also isn't like it's 60 plate appearances in where it's fluky. Again, we're at 191 plate appearances. That's a large enough sample size to say this is at least semi-legit. Is he going to lead? Is it going to end the season as the hits king with a 330 batting average? I don't know. I still doubt it. I mean, you still have the 375 baby up right now. Um, I'm sure it will come down. But I don't foresee him having like this magnificent cliff and drop off where he ends a year as like a two sixty no. hitter. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, because you gotta even think, even when you know, even when he was just like his normal regular self, he he was pretty consistently in like that high two seventies, right? Twenty seventeen through twenty nineteen, he was two seventy six, two seventy seven, two seventy eight, right? <laughs> And so, I mean, at this point, you go 276 the rest of the way, you're, you're a 300 hitter. It's, so, right, right. Um, yeah, it, he's he has positioned himself nicely to have a really solid season. And now, really, said, but now the question is just how long do the Pirates keep him? Where does he go to? What type of return does he get? I think, does he um, leave Atlanta? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, who, who I, I didn't even look tonight. Who's who? The Braves even play at second base. They had Aussie. Oh, well, they have. They have, they have. Well, or did he pitch hit? Maybe they didn't have Aussie. I take I'll, it out. No, Albies was playing second. So I'll, okay. I mean, Aussie Albies isn't going anywhere. Aussie Albies is our second baseman, even though he's struggling to start the year. Like I don't, I don't see the Braves being a potential trade partner for Adam Frazier. I just don't see that happening. Um, but uh, but yeah, somebody out there is going to need him. Um, and somebody out there, like there's going to be a few teams who want them and that's going to help drive the price up. And I think the Pirates can get something pretty, pretty good for Adam Frazier right now. I think so. I mean, he's got a little bit of control, so it's not as if he's just a rental, but he does play middle infield. I mean, so there's a premium. It's not like it's a corner where he's hitting, you know, light power and just for you know average and such. Um, I mean, what what is funny, though, is his defense has definitely dropped off this year. So I guess there's a little oh, bit yeah. of balance. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, like where the defense came out of nowhere and he was a gold glove finalist. I don't know how, but he became a gold glove finalist. Um, it's like now the hitting is, is elite again. I'm not going to say again. It's elite for the first time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the defense is like where I think I've always expected it to be. But mm-hmm. I'll take the, the bat over the glove pretty much any day, especially this type of bat. And I'm sure most teams will as well. And, and you're right. I mean, yeah. I do believe that if he keeps us up and we're closer to the deadline, he's going to be a wanted man. Especially, and I keep going yeah. back to it. John mm-hmm. Heyman reports it. I don't know how true it was, but if he reports it, taking it for his word, he was saying that Adam Frazier was a big hot topic in the offseason, and that's coming off the season where we hit 230 with an 80-weighted run created plus. So if he was supposedly talked about that highly in the offseason, and maybe Sherrington said, I'm not going to sell this low, which was smart, clearly now, you know, he's got to be a hot topic yeah. in the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't see how he wouldn't be. Um, you know, looking at, I'm just quickly looking at teams, second basemen, and contenders, and I don't really know who out there could be a good partner. Oakland, maybe. You know, Oakland, I could see that. Um. I think we still have some yeah. time because I think like much there's, like Atlanta, there's some time there, yeah. there's there's some players that haven't really turned it on yet that you believe in but so far the play yeah. has been pretty poor but yeah. also you never know when injuries are coming up um and True. such True. but let's yeah, put yeah. the others too like Adam Frazier truly like he is on almost a four war pace season that's that speaks a lot <laughs> no I mean he like like we mentioned before like he 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 leads second baseman in a way to runs created plus his defense is not where it was last year or the year before, but it's still not awful. So yeah, he's, he's been a really good ball player this year. Like I, there's really no way to put it. I mean, he's, he's been good. And I'll say this much I mean, too, as far that. as the defense goes, it's improved. Yeah. It was bad. I would say the first three weeks, like unbearable to watch almost bad. I don't think I've, it's been a while since I've seen a play from Adam Frazier. Where I just shook my head and walked away. Like there was times I want to turn off the TV and say, F you, Adam. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, yeah, it was so, rough the first few weeks of the year. Yeah. It's gotten it's gotten adequate at least now. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so I guess yeah. enough of the Adam Fraser love fest. I could go on all day. Let's move on to Jacob Stallings. Jacob Stallings has now found power. What are we do? What are we doing here? What's what's going on, Jacob Stallings? Where have you gone? Who has replaced you? He hit a home run. He gets injured, was out a few games, comes back, very first at bat since coming back from injury, hits a home run. It's a big home run too. First inning, I mean, it was with two outs, so it was like you know, runner runner was in scoring position. I thought they were going to get out of that inning without giving up anything. The Braves, and then Stallings comes up and boom, two run homer. Yeah, uh, he now is four on the year, which you know. I don't know how that even happened. I, I, I was thinking, like, I can't even remember. I, oh, he had the one that the guy actually dropped over the fence for him. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so out of the four home runs. He's semi-conseco. You know, he's kind of, he's kind he kind of has four home runs. And even the one today, now. like, that one today, like, scraped over the wall. Like, it was, 
like the, the person in the front row had to reach forward for that ball. Now, um, to be fair, I will say I didn't look it up, but they said it on the broadcast that would have cleared every ballpark, though. They did say that. Okay. So that is All something. Right. That is something. That's, in- that's interesting because it barely went over that fence. Um, so I wow, must have the deepest park factors or something. Park of that specific spot of the field. <laughs> they must. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's awesome. I mean, it was, that was a, that was a big hit, even though it was the first inning, like I said, big hit to get the team on the board mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, he just keeps, keeps doing what he's doing again. I'm, I'm fully in the, uh, in, in the Jacob Stallings, you're, you're locking him down unless you're blown away. I'm, I'm in that camp. The more, see, it's, this is the intriguing part of this. This is what I struggle with. The more he looks better, I don't know. Better he looks, the more you want to trade him. <laughs> I don't know what side to go with. You know what I mean? Like, like you yeah. made the point yeah. today. Of course, when I facetiously said in the text, you know, Fraser, um, Fraser, Stallings, home run, trade him now, trade him, trade him, trade him, right? And you're like, this guy's a 20 home run guy now, good defense. Like, what are you doing? And it's like, <laughs> part of me is like, well, you're right. I mean. If we waited to trade Adam Frazier because you're selling his lowest point, not saying Stallings is like his lowest point, but if you really feel there's more to Jacob Stallings, maybe you do hold on. Maybe you make another prove it year. Like, all right, let me let me show you a whole full year of Jacob Stallings. And that way, at the end of the season, when he does have, say, 12 to 15 home runs, right, on top of his defense and everything, then you, you had you had Jacob Stallings like you wanted, right, the whole year of the pitching staff. Then you can make that decision, and maybe teams are knocking down on your door more next year, so you get blown away. But at the same time, I'm like, but if he keeps doing this, like it's more incentive to say, go take him, like get him off our hands now, get us his package before he reverts back to Jacob Stallings. <laughs> but the whole thing I keep saying is reverting back to Jacob Stallings, like he's never been bad. I know that. So, like, there's but, what is he reverting back to? If he reverts back to his 2019 self, right? Which I think we can probably say that's that's the floor, right? A, a well below average hitter, 82 right. weighted runs created mm-hmm. plus, still almost like at, a three war catcher. Three war catcher, yeah. So, like, what are if he if if he reverts back to that, we still have a three win catcher. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like it to me, it makes both sides even more hard to argue. I don't know because I get it too. Like hold on to them, but I'm almost like I don't, I don't know. It's just it's all in the package, I guess, man. I can't, I can't debate this with you. I have nothing. I'm not this hard of a stance on the trade. I want to, but I can't debate you without it being some some scam, like you know, some radio host in Pittsburgh. True to myself, I can't do it. Uh, I do have a, we do have a question in the chat. Maybe we'll go back to it uh, on the Frazier topic. So thoughts on what could be the return for Adam Frazier? I mean, that is a valid question. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm trying to think of like a comparable. Like I, that, that's I kind of what I always like to see is like, okay, who's somebody who was you know had similar value to Adam Frazier in the past? And like, what did what did that person get? Right. Um, so you know i'd have to kind of look up some past trades to see that i i don't see why 
Like, I don't know if you're going to get the same type of return for Adam Frazier that you got for, you know, like Starling Marte, right? Like, I don't think that's happening. No, but I think you, I think you could get similar value for Adam Frazier that you at least got for, I mean, you look at what the Pirates got for Josh Bell and Jamison Tyon, and it's like, dear Lord. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know really what to think anymore because I feel like <laughs> Frazier is definitely more valuable than both of those guys. But yes, not as valuable maybe as like a Joe Musgrove. But then you look at the Yankees deal and it's like, okay, well, I feel like we got more for Tyon than we did for Musgrove. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to really say. I mean, I I think that it's depending on kind of how you want to go about the trade, right? You know, you could go about it and say, okay, I want to get this one guy, or I could go about it and say, okay, I want to do what what we've kind of been doing, where you load up the system with you know three, four younger younger guys, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Adam Frazier, I think could is certainly capable, depending on the organization, of bringing you three young top thirty prospects, right? Um, maybe no one in like that top 10, but three people in like that 15 to 30 range. So I I think you could get something like that, but I also think you could, like, if you wanted to say, we're going to trade you Adam Frazier and we're going to get one of your top 10 prospects. Right. Um, depending on, like I said, and again, that just depends on the organization. Some organizations, top 10 prospects are different than others. Right. Sure. Trading the nationals. Their top ten prospects probably aren't well, even I mean, scraping the pirates. Top Will 10, Pro is a top prospects. ten prospect. So yeah, so it's one of those things where I I, I don't think you're getting like top one hundred talent for Adam Frazier. You know, if you're kind of looking at it that way, mm-hmm. which I agree no with. One who, no one who's like in a current top one hundred list, but I think you could get a group of guys who are maybe younger, not developed, who one of those people could then develop into a top 100 guy. Like, I, th- I think that's kind of more what what I would think of in a return for Adam Frazier. Yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, part of me that if I'm like put on the other GM hat, you know, like, yeah, this is great. Adam Frazier would be a great fit for us. He's a table setter. He can hit, put him on the leadoff spot in almost any team right now. They'll take it. But what worries me, okay, Ben, what worries me is this kind of has come out of nowhere. All right. I know he's had this hit tool, but he hasn't shown it consistently over a full season. So when I trade for him, is he going to go back? To, is like now he's going to go back to old Adam Frazier, which again, isn't terrible, but it's not the guy I'm trading for. It's not the guy I'm trying to give up this package for. So I think there'll be some potential like reservation on doing it. The thing with like you talk about him being more valuable than Josh Bell. I agree with, but I think like now I see that because now we've seen into the season, Josh Bell still isn't producing, Jameson Tyone still isn't producing, and now Adam Frazier is. Yes, but if I were to look at this last year, you know, in the offseason when those like those deals were made, I would have valued Josh Bell more than Adam Frazier. I think that's a fair point. Now things have changed, but I will still say that I still have a little bit of reservations if I'm the other GM. I don't know how this is going to hold up, but yeah. I, I will take Adam Frazier. Uh, and someone posted in here, which is true, though, too. He says, if there aren't many teams uh, to trade to him, you get little return no matter how well he's playing. I mean, I think th- there's a degree. You don't, you don't get the bidding war, potentially. Like, you might not get the overvalue, like, well, 
damn, they just gave us a haul because there was like this bidding war going on and this team wanted him more. So, you know, Charrington won this trade because of that. But I do think you'll you'll get value. Like you'll get fair value. I don't think that if he's traded yeah. this this year, I don't think it's gonna be well, we just got, you know, this one single A player because it wasn't a whole lot of it wasn't up this huge market. The other thing too is I mean like, like Charrington Charrington does have a little bit of leverage here, even if say there isn't a huge pool of teams out there who who are looking for him, which I think I think you would have you know, a handful of teams that would be interested, but let's yeah. say you don't, and there's maybe only one or two teams and they don't give you what you want. He can just wait until the off season. Like Frazier's not going anywhere. Right. So he I mean, it's one of those things like, in 2023. So you do yeah, have that so, as well. So it's one of those things where like, if he doesn't, like if, if a team's not going to give you at least his worth, right. Um, like if he's not going to, they're not going to give you at least fair value. You don't have to trade him right now. Now, I think I think ideally we want to move him when his value is very high and to a contender. And I think the contender is more likely to give up something for him at that point in time. So I, I think I think it would still happen. But like Charrington doesn't have to move him. He's not he's not a free agent at the end of the year. He's not even a free agent at the end of the next year. He's he's a free agent two years from now. Um, so Charrington has some has a little bit more leverage there. Than, than I think we're giving him credit for. Like, like I said, it's not like he's he's forced that we have to trade him right now. Right, and I, I agree. But I will say, if he does keep this up, this is potentially the highest you'll be able to trade him for. So I think it makes sense to do it this year. And yeah. just the fact, I, I assume, even regardless of, although he did have a double and a triple tonight, I think, Cole Tucker's timeline, you know, even if he is still struggling somewhat, he's got to come back to the majors that timeline just makes sense. Like Adam Frazier leaving in July, Cole Tucker coming up in July makes a lot of sense to me too. So I think there's some motive just to kind of get the middle infield uh, going as well with some of these guys, because we got to find out who, like what Cole Tucker is before Peguero, Gonzalez, all the guys start coming up here as well. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, it's going to be intriguing. I don't know exactly what the turn is. I'm not expecting a top 100, but so far, like what I see out of Charrington, like his MO is taking the younger, like taking a group of players, kind of quantity, but it's not like you're eliminating quality. There's there's tools in those players that you see that could be groomed to become something. Um, and again, I mean, so far I have zero complaints on virtually any trade that Charrington has done so far. Yeah. So. No. Um- yeah, he has so my far. respect, and whatever so he does, good. I'm going to probably believe in it. Uh, at first, I'll probably be like, well, that was the deal, you know? But it's like, hey, in Charrington, right now, we trust. Until he proves us, you know, otherwise. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, right now, right now he, he has made all the right moves so far, in, in my opinion, when it comes mm-hmm. to trading people and when he should be doing it and and, and the returns on them have all looked good so far. So, yeah, let's just see what he has in store. Um, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure he's kind of got something in mind that he's looking to get for him. And hopefully, there's a team out there who's able to meet that. True, true. Maybe the Angels. Well, that's right. They're not going to the playoffs. Um. Okay. So we talked about Crow. We talked about Frazier. 
Stallings. Um, maybe a little bit of Gregory Polanco. He's kind of quietly have put together a pretty solid stretch here, right? Since coming back from the IL. He had some hits tonight. He didn't have any hits tonight. He did have a sacrifice fly. Oh, you're right. My bad. Yeah. My bad. He did. But that was a good at bat. Like, I mean, that was a big, that was a big sack fly. That was like the, that was that extra run in extra innings that, you know, is huge. You know, you don't want to go into that bottom half of the inning with the runner on second and only up by one. Being up by two was big there. So that was, a, that was, it was a nice bat that he put together. And I mean, he's basically scratched his way back to being, he, he's essentially now a league average hitter going into tonight. He had a 96 weighted runs created plus. So like just slightly below average mm-hmm. um, after tonight dipped a little bit, but uh, no, he, I, I still, I still can't get excited over the guy just cause like he's, he's done this so many times. I mean, he homered yesterday. So that was cool to see. But, like, he hadn't homered since April 25th. I know he was out. Let I mean, let's see here. He came back on the 11th, right? So, if he came back on the 11th, let's see, 5-11 to today. It's not like – so, he's in 333, 393, 542. 146 weighted runs created plus in those in those games. So he has been playing good since he's come off the IL. Two but doubles, granted, like I homer, said, I'll, I'll give it to. I mean, walks. I think it's it's clear that he kind of just is what he is. Yeah, uh, which I, is unfortunate. I, yeah. If we're talking about trade deadline and such, I don't foresee. I, I don't think we're going to see that from Blanco this year. I don't think there's any team out there who would be interested. No, honestly, no like, matter maybe how much as like a, yeah, like maybe it's like a bench bat. I mean, cause, cause I mean, they don't have to pick up options, right? So as a bench bat just for the rest of the year, maybe potentially, but you're not getting anything of, of like big value for him no. at this point. No, nope, I mean, unless he just goes on an absolute tear, you know, this next month, but I don't really have the confidence that that's going to happen. Even if he does, I'm not even sure if, if he's tradable to a degree, maybe at that point, a bench bat. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't, I think it's been long enough into the season to kind of dictate, you know, with the trade deadline, just a month, some away, uh, well, two months, I should say two months in some away that he's probably going to be marketable for, for a trade. So it's kind of unfortunate. Uh, it's probably his last hurrah. Um, with that said though, Brian Reynolds did hit a home run tonight. He really hit a home run tonight, 420 feet center. Brian Reynolds has looked really good too. So everything we've said about Adam Frazier, especially from the 2020 season to this season, you know, Reynolds can be almost speaking of in that same sense. Reynolds has really come along and had a very nice 2021 season. Um, yeah, like just to me, another bright spot yeah. in this very weak, <laughs> non-depth lineup. Yeah, I mean, he's basically doing what he did in 2019. I, very similar offensive output right now. Um, so if he is, if that's who he is, right. If Brian Reynolds is the 2019 form of Brian Reynolds and and that's what he's going to be, then yeah. I mean, you're looking at 
you're looking at a starting outfielder for six years who's above average and I mean, well above average actually. So yeah, hopefully he keeps this up. He's looked good all year, really. Um, he, again, he looks like his 2019 self. He's striking out less, right? That was kind of the one thing last year. His strikeouts were just, they, they went way up. Strikeouts went up. Strikeouts are now back down to where they were before. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's having a, a very good season, putting together a good year. Yes. And so I, I feel like we've talked a lot about Frazier and Stallings like the past few weeks. Uh, so I want to give you know, Reynolds a little bit of love here because this is something I did tweet out you know, with those stats with the other guys as well. We didn't really talk verbally so much about Reynolds. But yeah, like at this time, I guess it doesn't count tonight. But up until today's games, you know, Reynolds does rank as the 15th best outfielder in baseball. Actually right behind Mookie Betts with a 1.3 war. So, you know, yes, he has been having a very good season. Uh, in my eyes, this is this is a good bounce back. So I just wanted to make sure we got him, you know, give him his props because I don't think we've spoke, spoken about Reynolds too much on this show. Yeah, I mean, and and he's also you know, give him some credit here too because I wasn't giving him a lot of credit. Like he's he's played a solid center field too. Um, you know, he's he, he's not like the best center fielder in the league. But he has, you know, one defensive run saved. He's he's basically an average center fielder, which is better than I thought he could do. I, he's definitely a he's definitely yeah. a better he's definitely better in left field. He's better suited for left field. But he is holding his own in center field. I think eventually, ideally, you know, you have Swaggerty come up and Swaggerty takes center. And that moves Reynolds over to left, but for the time being, when with this outfield and the just the revolving door that we've seen, mm-hmm. he is holding his own in center field, and he's doing a decent job. Yes, and just defensively as a whole, you talk about the defensive run saves. He actually has two outs above average defensively, also. So he um he has done a fairly well job defensively this year. And again, I did. I did not. I, I was like, let's keep him in left field. I don't care who we throw in center field, but let's keep Reynolds in left. But he's he's proven me wrong on that. He's been he's been fine in center field. Again, I think he's <laughs> which he's is ideal. Better, right? that's, that's not a yeah, problem. That's not that, no. That's speaking not a problem at all. Yeah, no, that's not not that's not a negative at all. Um, I said I think ideally he's your left fielder, but for the time being, he's he's doing just fine in center field, which is really needed right now because there's no one else there who you can consistently throw out there who right and can, what i can, think that speaks to also yeah. is i mean obviously right now it doesn't matter but when it does matter if injury were to come about i wouldn't feel terrible having a brian reynolds playing center field you know if that yeah. were the case you know like the days right. where like when Marte would you know got injured yeah Thanks, Eric no. Gonzalez. You know, it was like, oh boy. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, now this day and age, like, okay, so when we, you know, when the Pirates get competitive, if it is Brian Reynolds that has to play there for a little bit, okay, that's cool. I mean, the bat plays. I'll take the adequate mm-hmm. enough defense and uh, keep it going. So it's nice to know that he can play center field. Um, so, sure. what else do we yeah. want to talk about here? Um, if we're talking about kind of like trade chips, we were, we touched a little bit on Frazier. We touched a little bit on Stallings. 
touched a little bit on Polanco and the lack thereof of his mm-hmm. trade value. But, um, you know, I think if you're, if you're looking at another person who's going to be a hot, hot name and today two scoreless innings to close two. out the game, picked up the win over there as well, two scoreless. Richard Rodriguez is establishing himself as one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. <laughs> and, and like he, he has a 0.47 earned run average now. He, he's just unhittable. His fastball is unhittable. People can't touch it. Right? Ronald Acuna was up there today, and he was just throwing his fastball right by Ronald Acuna. It's 94 miles an hour. I don't understand it. Like You got the, the potential NL MVP up there, and he uh-huh. can't touch you. So <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but he is uh, he's turned himself into a dominant dominant closer and without dominant stuff as well which is yeah funny there's gonna be a lot of teams calling about richard rodriguez like i mean like hello ben yeah this is aj preller uh we just had another reliever go down also formerly a pirate keona kella how's rich rod doing yeah i mean literally every team that has some sort of playoff hopes this year is going to be asking about Richard Rodriguez because there's not a team out there who couldn't use some sort of bullpen help. And he is going to be probably the best reliever available. I mean, like looking at it right now. So yeah, Charrington's going to have a lot of uh, offers for Richard Rodriguez. Absolutely. And you know what I found funny? They said on the broadcast today, and I actually, I definitely let it all laugh out loud. Uh, They're wondering, I mean, there's a guy in second, of course, extra innings. They're like Rich, like the Stallings, just like keeps checking back there at the second base, and they don't want to give away the sign stuff. And it's like, what does it matter? Like they know it's going to be a fastball. Everyone knows it's going to be a fastball. Who cares about the signs? Tell them what it's going to be. They already know what it's going to be. And you're right. Like that's what it is. Like thinking yeah. about Acuna, like you mentioned there. These guys know literally what's coming. It's not even so much that like his fastball mm-hmm. is so deceptive, or he has this great mix of pitches. And that's why the fastball works so well. He just throws the fastball. He just throws the fastball. Every hitter know the fastball's coming. And it's coming at 93-94, and they can't hit it. In the year of 2021, they can't hit it. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's, crazy. It's, it's so great. I mean, you look at his numbers. like he, he doesn't get any hits. He doesn't walk anyone. It's not as if he's striking out a ton of players. And, and again, like he doesn't have this overpowering fastball. They just can't hit it. And when they do, it's just – it's funny. It's either lightly tapped on the ground, right, in and out, or it's hit hard nine miles up in the air, <laughs> right? And it's a pop-up, yeah, yeah. and it's an yeah. out. So it's, – It's truly incredible. Like in this day, this day and age, strikeouts are an all-time high. Richard Rodriguez is having the best year of his career, and his strikeout rate is actually an all-time low. Yes, <laughs> right. Case right. per nine, <laughs> case per nine are the least it's ever been in his career. But he's just th- chucking up this ninety-three mile an hour fastball, and hitters are hitters are are you know they're they're touching it, but they're just not doing anything with it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, think like crazy. what's been his, yeah. his Achilles heel over his entire career, except for like that first year, right? When the Pirates picked him up after, you know, getting take, taking him off of Baltimore's hands, right? And he had that amazing first season. Like his Achilles heel has been the home run. 
he's always looked like a an effective pitcher. Yeah. He just gives up that killer home run. There's three runs. You know, the, there's that that's the game. And it's been inflating like his ERA the whole time and such. And like he hasn't given up a home run yet. Like mm-hmm. as we talked, it's he's not striking out the guys yeah. that he used to strike out, but he's inducing very, very weak. See, that's the thing, like it's not always weak though. It's just it's not it's, well. It's just hit. not it's not Period. hard. It's not it's not hard. His it's, line it's his not, line drive rate. Line drive rates at an all time low. His ground ball rates at an all time low. Right. <laughs> like, but his his hard per, hard hit percentage also at an all time low. So it's like he's just yeah. These people are popping the ball up every time. Is what's happening. I mean he he has right. a he has a sixty two percent fly ball rate. Sixty two percent fly ball rate. Eighteen um, percent infield fly ball rate. One out of five people who go up there pop out to an infielder. <laughs> and it's fantastic. And that's the thing. And and again, like to speak to it, you know, as a reliever, it's even harder. You don't get as many innings and outings and such, but like it is 19 innings, right? We are at May 20th. It's still happening. Um, th- this isn't even to the fact that it's like, this has come out of nowhere. Like Rich Rod has shown before he can be an effective reliever. Uh, and even back on like his terrible, terrible 2019 year, most of that was at the very, very beginning. You know, like when you look at May, whatever you want, point you want to make it at, you know, from on, he actually was effective. And then 2020, albeit a shortened season, still very effective. And now into 2021, very effective. So like you look, even though last year was a shortened season, we'll call it a season. And if you don't want to, it's still been like two years where he has been an yeah. effective pitcher. So I think there's a bit of a track record and there's recency bias in saying that he's done really, really well this year. Yeah, there's going to be a ton of teams. He, and the fact that he's done it in a closer role, like he's been in high leverage. Uh, actually, speaking of that, I want to look now. Um, he was leading in uh, WPA. Okay. So let's look into that now. But we can keep continuing talking. Like, yeah, I do believe some yeah. teams, it's probably not going to be for the closer role. Like, they're probably not looking for to be the closer. Hopefully, they already have yeah. their closer established or whatever. But think mm-hmm. about you already have your closer in place, and now Rich Rod is just in your rotation or bullpen somewhere. I mean, that's the makings for a playoff run bullpen right there. Yeah, and, and again, I think I think there's going to be a lot of teams banging down the door for him. Because really, all around baseball, you know, we've seen it just, I mean, the Pirates. The Pirates are, I mean, how bad is our offense? And it seems like every single game, if we are down, we're able to at least get a couple runs off of the bullpen. Like, there, there are some bad bullpens out there in Major League Baseball. And mm-hmm. every one of those teams want to add one or two other pieces to solidify that specific part of and, their and- pitching staff. Right. And, and also, I mean, there's a lot of bad ones, but there's a lot of good ones who are going to come into injuries. You know, like that's the thing, too. Like you can prepare all you want in the offseason, but when it's July now, right, and the guys you sign, again, like go back to San Diego is another like, great example of this, right? Like, the guys you sign and now it hurts, you know, you have an investment here. So you got to keep this thing going. Um, and yes, yeah, so to put out there, yeah, Rich Rod does still leave in um, WPA win probability. 1.99. Next is Mark Lanson at 1.97. There you go. Reunite them in San Diego. <laughs> well, actually, they want to be reunited. <laughs> That's much true. Like, they were never much together. Much like Kella, 
Melanson's probably having conversations. Hey, are they still doing this shit over there? <laughs> no, man, they've actually changed a little yeah. bit here. Um, but no, yeah, I think that's it's funny in the sense. I mean, this speaks like Rich Rodriguez has put in like has been put in very high leverage situations already. He's been battle tested and he's passed every test so far. He might not be overpowering everyone. He not, might not be the the closer that's striking out, you know, eighteen per nine or whatever. But he's battle tested, and I think he could make a great setup. And if you have him as a the seventh inning guy, you know, or whatever. I mean, geez, that may they, if he's your seventh guy inning guy, that bullpen is ridiculous. Yeah. So he'll probably be the seventh inning guy for the the National League All Star team this year. <laughs> probably. Probably. I mean, I mean at this point, seventh inning on yeah. just a team, you know, like that speaks. Yeah. He's yeah. probably not going to be the closer somewhere. So, but you are absolutely correct. I do believe Rich Rod will bring back a very good return. There's going to be a lot of teams wanting him. Yeah. I mean, Rich Rodriguez is one. I, I, yeah. I agree with everything you said. Yeah. Um, just so I guess the, gone, one gone more thing out there so. controllability as well. Like he also isn't just a rental. Mm-hmm. He'll, yeah. If the Padres pick him up, he's still there for next year. And they'll have, I think, 60 arms on their 40 man. So, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 they're, they're, they're literally, there isn't a team out there who wouldn't want Richard Rodriguez right now. There's not a single team that would, that would be like, eh, now we're good. Right. And there's honestly probably not many that can name three or two guys. Uh, and they're you know bullpen right now playing better than mm-hmm. than him. Yeah, no. So, yep, definitely him as far as pitching goes. Uh, just I guess to mention it, my boy Chad Cool did make a rehab start today in AAA. Came through with very positive impact. I think three innings, five strikeouts, no runs. Most importantly, no runs. And I I believe he got through it, not having to to uh, throw a hundred pitches. So another positive. That's very positive. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So word is he'll make a few rehab starts and then somehow weasel his way into somewhere in this team. Um, well, we don't know about Cahill yet. So like something, I mean, a lot of this is going to have to do with Cahill. Is he going to be out? Is he going to miss a prolonged period of time? I don't know. Because, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely something where if he misses time, then that opens up a spot. Very true. Yep. Um, another news and note is uh, Cabrian Hayes. Going to make his appearance in Indy. So he will be officially yeah. playing baseball again. It's good to see. Very it's been a while. Can return June <laughs> yeah. 3rd. So we'll see if yeah. that happens, but just the fact that yeah. we know that you know the hand that he actually can play, the, the hand is not amputated. He still yeah. has it. He will play baseball. Brian Hayes still lives. <laughs> we'll see his return. Right. Uh, Jose Soriano two today. Yes. Um, three scoreless innings for Bradenton and rehab assignment. Uh, five strikeouts. Apparently, he was hitting like ninety eight on the gun. So I think he can technically stay down there for 30 days. Um, Yep. So he's got 30 days to do a rehab assignment. I got to think the pirates probably keep him down all 30 days. (laughs) Um, 
so so you know you're probably not seeing Soriano until late May, but uh, yeah, Soriano also now pitching. Roll five pick June, yeah, late June. It is May, but, yeah. Roll I know, but first, I had to think about it. I was like, wait, what month is first it? over? First overall, roll five pick. Jose Soriano, he uh, he's back in action as well. Yeah, I don't foresee any reason to call him up any earlier than thirty. I mean, why do it for? Plus, he's rule five. Like, you want to have every option to have him on the roster as long as you can. So, mm-hmm. if you can have him not on the roster as long as you can to still finagle that, do it. Um, and he just should. He's coming off the injury. That's why he's rule five, and just let him do it. But I will say, like, that was super intriguing. You know, I'm intrigued by the pick to begin with. To see his first start. You know, especially again, like after this injury, his first start, he's hitting 98, three scoreless innings. That's very intriguing. Now, he'll be in the bullpen, I'm sure. I don't think he's going to be yeah. a, the starter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just adds to another bullpen arm. Maybe it adds up, right? Rich Rod's out the door. In comes Soriano. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you got that potential there for sure. I mean, he's got the stuff to be like a back end guy. He also hasn't pitched above high A ball ever. So who knows how he's going to do. I mean, it's kind of like Oviedo right now. Like he's, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to see a lot of growing pains with these roll five guys. Um, but the talents there, you want to try to do everything you can to keep them on the roster. So, you know, use them sparingly. It's going to be interesting having a bullpen with two roll five guys. I'm not sure how, you it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I mean, literally, if once he's back, if if Oviedo is still there and Kai Tom is still there, then you got three roll five guys on the roster at one point in time, and that's that's kind of ridiculous, to be honest. It is what it is. I it still is think, and we did talk about this a little behind the scenes, but if he does come up, it just makes sense to me to have, especially with the rotation problems we have to have him Soriano and Oviedo as like an opener. Like to me, that would make sense. They pitch every five days. That way you can manage it some innings and then you can help out maybe a Chad Cole and a, and a Cahill and such. Um, but yeah. yeah, we'll see, but I'm excited for Soriano. It's a big arm, not big arm. Yeah. Not like, uh, is- that guy in, Cincinnati who gave it the Grand Slam today. Oh, Michael <laughs> Feliz. Jeez. I was, I, was, I was like, what are you talking about? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why the Pirates give up this guy? Such a big arm. And there is a Grand Slam. That was yeah, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, it's funny because like as soon as he gave up the Grand Slam, I, I did a little Twitter search. I was trying to find some Reds fans, and like Reds fans all last night were just like oozing over Michael Feliz. And like, how and what in the world were the Pirates thinking? And I'm like, you haven't watched him very close yet. So well, we'll you haven't because you've had him for two <laughs> outings so far. Yeah. So right. um, but then another thing, uh this Today, Miguel Yohore started today, too, for Indianapolis. Six innings, one run, five strikeouts, no walks. Yep. Excellent start. That's, like, to me, is going to be his MO. Like, that guy just looks like, yeah. a, in a good way, a control freak, mm-hmm. right? He's just not yeah. going to walk people. He hits his marks. He, he's not – he looks like he's in control. He's not wild, and he's not going to walk people. It's like like a rich rod. He's not going to overpower you. You know, you joked about, too, like, he throws 89, 90, 90 91 sometimes. 
which is worse than Rich Rod, but still, like, you know, it's like, like his fastball is yeah. amazing, but he locates it and he does well. Yeah. So he, another good AAA start. And, and it sounds like, yeah, they're basically just going to like bounce him back and forth, which is interesting. I, I find that kind of interesting that, you know, they'll do that. I, I don't, it, it's, it, I, I'm trying to get over the part where it's like sort of, blatant service time manipulation oh, absolutely. at the same time <laughs> <laughs> at the same time it's like eh, i mean it's a weird year they need to get some innings and stretch people out and get a get get a, get innings out of a lot of people but yeah it's gonna be weird you're gonna look at miguel yahore at the end of the year and he's gonna have like eight starts and eight days of service time <laughs> i'm still on board with this we, we talked yeah. about this in the text too <laughs> like next year we, we're talking about all these arms the pirates are required right now and how good all these arms are looking right but they're all still young and such and i'm telling you next year the pirates need to have a 12-man rotation right but they all just keep going up and down so that way at the end of the year right all 12 of these pitchers have pitched in this rotation right they all acquired like 18 starts but 18 days of service time that's it it's 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 I perfect i don't know how the union i don't know what the union would think of that Oh, who cares? The strike's already over, right? The agreement's already done. We don't have to worry about that for another like five or six years. Who even knows what service time is going to look like next year? To be that's also true. Yeah. Yes, certainly some bright stuff. Oh, and we won't have to talk too deep on this, but now there's also a number, uh, another number one draft pick that's uh, on the list. So, move over, Lawler. You're already old news. Yeah, Sarah, it went from rocker, then it went to lighter, and then we had one guy say that Henry Davis was the consensus pick. Yep. And then we had then we had Lawler, and now we're at uh, at Mayor. So, yeah, kind of crazy. Five uh, you have five people who have been at some point named the uh, the number one overall pick this year. It's one of those things where like. I, I kind of have envy. It's like, it's like you have like Washington nationals envy sometimes like, a, like from like the 2010 and the 2011 draft. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't, why couldn't we be like two games worse those years? Because, you know, those two years you had obviously clear cut number one overall picks that went on to be studs. Right. And I mean, like they were just, I mean, they were automatic. There they, they, they was, they were, there was no risk involved in taking either of those two. Not one so, did the draft <laughs> order switch, right? Yeah, like no, that was it. The, Strasburg it was, was put in yeah. there, and it was Strasburg till he was drafted. <laughs> yeah, um, and then then the Pirates come and pick in 2012, and and Garrett Cole, like everybody, kind of w- was in agreement there. But then it was like, oh well, what about Rendon and what about Bauer? So, um, and yeah, so now you have this year, and it's like no one apparently is of any sort of agreement on who the best player is. You've got five guys who have all been number one at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess maybe that means all five are good, you know, so that's maybe one way to look at it. But, yeah, or I, I all, all five have their go. issues too. And it's like that, that too. Yeah. It, it, so it'll be interesting. Um, the, the latest mock draft today had, the two Vanderbilt pitchers, four and five, yeah. top three picks were were all high school guys. Um, so who who the hell knows what's going to happen? It'll oh be, man, 
I think I think on draft day, like usually you know on draft day, I have a feeling like we it could be a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I hope. Still a, yeah, I hope Still it's a not a time, surprise right? where it's like it's not even any of those five guys. It's somebody else. <laughs> like at least be yeah, one of those five. Right. <laughs> but I do feel like the way it's going right now, I, yeah, who who does know? You know, like I felt like up to a point, it's like it was either gonna be rocker or lighter. I'm leaning towards lighter. But whatever, it's one of them too. Like I'm cool with it. And now it's like, who who the hell knows? It, it could be a plethora of people, you know, and it could go so many different ways. And, and there's so many different positions of them and ages and such. And man, like and at least at one point it was going to be at least a college pitcher. Now we don't right. know if it's going to be a college pitcher, yeah. a college catcher, or a high school shortstop. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there, there's a ton of different ways they could go because there's a right. big difference in like there's a big difference in like the immediate future of the franchise on if you take a college pitcher who's going to be up in two years or you take a high school bat, it's going to take four years to develop. So yeah, I don't, it's interesting. I I think eventually, you know, you, you just take whoever you think is going to be the best. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think you you don't take those factors into play um, when you have a number one overall pick, like you, you want to take the guy who you think is going to end up being the best major league ball player. Whether that takes two years, whether that takes four years, I don't care. Take the guy who's going to be the best. So that's that's my thought. Let's just I've hope never, it doesn't take it. 10 yeah. years and it's on another um, team. <laughs> we don't want that. No, we right. don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Um, so I think it's pretty much wrapping up here right now. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to add in, talk about, discuss? Um... I don't think so. Have we covered a lot today? Cool, cool, cool. Well, then we'll be back again next week for uh, Starbucks, and we'll we'll catch you then. After, of course, the Pirates take the Brave series. Of course, of course. <laughs> All right, we'll see y'all. Bye bye. See ya.